This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager, joined by my co-host and partner, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. Greg, we uh, we have a lot to talk about today. This is a Bubba and Harry edition. Now, if you're new to the show, which I do know, that we had a lot of new people tune into last week's episode, and we'll get into that. But if you're new to the show, Greg McMichael, uh, a.k.a. Harry, and I'm Ricky, a.k.a. Bubba, you know what? Maybe a refresher for everybody, because we've been around for a few years now, and these nicknames have been around for a few years. Uh, you would have to go back to our interview with Greg Maddox to hear the origin story of Harry, and I believe that was December of 2018. Uh, but that was, a, that was a nickname Greg earned uh, when he was on the, on the Braves in the 90s in the locker room. And we'll, you know what? We'll leave a little bit to the imagination. And I earned the name Bubba from the comment section online of this show. And I guess based on my voice appearance and, well, just generally my personality and who Being I am. Being from Virginia. <laughs> Being from Virginia, yeah. <laughs> so, so Bubba and Harry with you here today. Uh, so we'll start. I mentioned that we'll start with last week's show. So if you've been listening to this show for, for a number of years now or however long you've been listening uh, and you've heard us before, you know that last week's show was a... Uh, not a departure, but just something very different from what we normally do. Behind the Braves presents The Day the Braves Caught Fire, and it was a look back at July 20th, 1993, the day that Fred McGriff made his Braves debut. You were on that team. You pitched that day. Uh, pitched well, I might add. Thank you. And it was, of course, the day of the infamous Atlanta-Fulton County Stadium press box fire. And that game has sort of become a, a legendary game in, in Braves history and Braves lure because it, it was kind of the metaphorical spark, if you will, that lit you guys, lit a fire under you guys. I mean, that's, I know there's a lot more that goes into it than that, but it was kind of like if you're a marketer or a story writer like me, it was kind of the perfect storm or, you know, perfect event to kick off what would ha- what would be an incredible second half of the season for you guys. So first of all, thank you all for listening. I've seen a lot of great comments online. Of course, you know, getting a lot of co- positive feedback on the internet is not always the easiest task. Uh, people are pretty brave uh, when they're behind a keyboard. And so if you pass that test of just generally very positive feedback and people appreciating it, um, we read them all and we, we're very thankful for for you. So I thought we'd start with a little bit of behind the scenes on that. Oh, and also I should say, we want to do more shows like that in the future, but we had to make sure we could get one out the door and, and make sure it worked and basically make sure it didn't suck. That was my main <laughs> mission. Let's not have this suck because <laughs> that would really hurt trying to do future episodes if the first one stinks. So this idea, you and I first got put together to do a show. We both independently wanted to do a podcast for the Braves back in, we're, we're fast, or were you winding all the way back to, I guess, early 2018. Now, you and I didn't know each other. I knew of you. I'd watched you as a kid, and I knew you worked for the Braves now. I knew what you did, but we didn't, I don't think we'd ever even had a conversation. So we were brought together. You wanted to do a show, uh, as did I, an official team show. I knew you wanted to help promote a lot of the alumni work and events you had going on, and 
goodness gracious. Uh, we'll get into that later, too. You had a lot going on then. You got a whole lot going on now. Um, and I wanted, wanted to do a, a, a just a team podcast. And so Greg Mize kind of put us together. We got into a room, met and said, okay, yeah, let's try this. And then we, we scheduled a time in the confer- in the 1914 conference room here in our office. I think I scheduled it for like an hour and a half or something. And I set up the mics and we just talked for an hour. And that was how we got to know each other. It was kind of like we're doing now, just with mics. And so when we came away from that both feeling like, okay, I think we'll, we're comfortable enough with each other after just sitting down for an hour and this will continue to get better. Let's start getting guests, which you right away started doing. And because of who you are, and the work you do and the relationships you have. I mean, we started our show with the likes of Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Steve Avery, Rico Cardi. Uh, I think Alex was an early guest, Murph, Dale Murphy. And within a few months we had, we were blessed to have Hank on. So we we were up and off and running. So I'll take you all a little behind the scenes with this. Our first interview we actually did as far as taping an interview for this show back in August of 2018 was with Steve Avery. That wasn't the first episode that was released. I I don't remember exactly how we ended up determining the order of release. It might have had something to do with what was being talked about in the interviews, because I know Glav was our first one. And there might have been some relevant, at the time, topics to the 2018 team. Maybe that was right. I think so, yeah. But we would have these guys on. And so before we launched the show, we already had five or six, like, really, really good, like, guest interviews. So we would interview these guys. And then after we were done with the interview, you for anybody that was that we had on that was on the 93 team which was a lot of those early guests i would just say hey by the way what do you remember about the day the press box caught on fire so this idea actually was from five years ago and the plan was to i think if i remember right was to release it like the following year on the anniversary and i won't go through the whole thing but there were a bunch of things that just kind of kept well forgive the pun getting put on the back burner (laughs) (laughs) but then last year you know we had we, we we had crime dog on for the first time and we had his memories of that day and it's like okay maybe maybe now we can and we started looking at this year's gonna be the 30th anniversary and then oh we're gonna do a ron gant bobblehead the press box fire bobblehead it's like okay let's go ahead and dust off all these old recordings and let's actually make this thing go everything we've got all the necessities all the stuff we need let's make a go of it you uh you, you made the great suggestion to go talk to ij rosenberg who was the former? Who was the beat writer for the AJC at the time? He was wonderful. Uh, Joe Simpson, he was kind enough to just give me 15 minutes of his time just to talk about that day. And then all the guys we had in there, it was just, it was a lot of fun, a lot of work that I put into it as far as the editing. A lot part. of work. But together, that that was a project together that I think we should both be really proud of. I mean, we, I, I you know, I, I used to do a podcast with my dad, and we haven't done it in a while, but we did it long enough that. What I was proudest of with it, I, we had fun with it. But I, I love history. Uh, I appreciate history, and I love that. Whether my dad and I ever do a podcast again or not, a lot of his stories from his days in NASCAR are now recorded, and they're there. You know, I did the same with my my was really close with my uh, my granddad on my my dad's side. His dad, uh, he was in World War II, uh, got a Purple Heart in the Battle of Okinawa, and so. Uh, about 15, 20 years ago, it was a few years before he passed, he uh, he had a little like knee infection, so he was in the hospital, and so he ended and he ended up making a recovery, and then he had another you know, six, seven years of his life that he he got to live healthily. Um, but for that knee infection, he was stuck in the hospital for like five or six days, and so I would go just hang out with him, and I thought, you know, I, and I loved hearing his stories about 
World War II. And he was, and I respect any veteran that's gone through that. I totally understand if they don't ever want to say a word about it because they just don't want to. Uh, I was fortunate that he was fine to tell me everything, including the, the really, really horrible things that he saw. I mean, all of it. And I thought, well, we're going to be here in this hospital anyways. I bought a little tape recorder and I have all of his memories from that whole experience. And it's there and it exi- and, and exists. And now he's been gone 10 years, but we've still got his his story from that. And so I felt like a, a story like the press box fire. And this is, you know, war and baseball were different things, but it's all history and it's all sure. interesting. Mm-hmm. And so to hear a story from the people who were there, who lived it, I think is... Uh, not only is it very interesting to me, I think it's important. Whether it's as something as terribly serious as war or something as, as fun, but still serious as baseball. So all that to say, I'm, I'm really proud of it. And thank you all for listening and all the great feedback. And thank you to you, because without you, none of it happens. You know, we don't get we don't get Steve Avery talking about, you know, his interaction with Barry Bonds at the All-Star Game and Bonds saying it's over. We don't get Glavin's amazing memory of seeing the fire for the first time on a little tiny eight inch TV up in the bowels <laughs> of uh, Fulton County Stadium. You know, we don't get any of that. So so thank you for that. And uh, yeah, I mean, just really proud of it, man. Yeah, well, thank you for all the hard work, because I mean, you. You had the idea of putting it together and then just kind of methodically asking because we we had a whole big group of guys that were on that team that were with the Braves for a while. Unfortunately, they live here as well, so that they were the access was a little bit easier than having everybody do it on Zoom. But um, it was it was a lot of fun. Of course, it always brings back great memories for me. And and then what I loved is you actually got the the whole game from MLB yeah. and looking at Joe Simpson's hat that he's wearing and <laughs> know, know, and, right. and remembering because you know you, you go through something like that and you have memories but you don't have a complete set of memories but when you talk to people collectively and then you get to watch it it brings back a whole another side that you don't have so seeing how the damage was how bad the damage really was was pretty amazing i loved seeing skip and and joe up in the stand you know calling the game right. like what, what the guys have done here you know at right. truest we had mccann and frank Coor and brandon those guys up and up in the stand so that's pretty that's pretty fun but yeah so thank you for um you know staying diligent on that and and just all the hours you put in you didn't get any overtime for that right uh, they <laughs> they pay me just fine here i was i was that was definitely it was a labor of love and a, a passion project sure. i would call it. it was one that it was a lot of hours but it's like i think it's like anything else if you enjoy what you're doing mm-hmm. it it doesn't feel like long hours like you're excited like i was during the last week leading up to that show's release because obviously to make the 30th anniversary or make that that day there was a deadline like there, there and there's no moving that deadline 30th anniversary happens and it ain't going to be moved that's that's just the way it works so the last week leading up to it i mean i was spending every just if i was here and i when if i i would go to meetings when i had to be in a meeting otherwise this door was shut and i was in here editing and then i would go home i'd eat uh there was one night in particular uh i stayed up i was like i'm just gonna stay up until i can't keep my eyes open anymore so i worked on it till 3 a.m i think one morning but the thing is it wasn't it didn't feel like work. It was 
fun. I would wake up instantly thinking about it and ready to get in there and just start trying to figure out That's like great. how to edit this, how to put it together. Uh, I'd go to bed and I'd be dead tired, but I'd still be laying there thinking about, and I ended up having to take notes on my phone. I'm like, oh yeah, I could move this clip here and it would be better or, or whatever. So, well, it did, it turned out great. And I, I'm, I've always been a little bit of a history buff, but now with the history channel, I can watch all, you know, the food that built America, the, the band, you know, the, the Vanderbilts and the Rockefellers and all those guys that you know the J.P. Morgans. I love all that stuff. So it, it, this just—I think it's a part of. It's such a big part of Braves history. And now, like you said, we we get to talk a lot about Braves history, but because we get to interact with a lot of these alumni, and we're we're very fortunate to have a lot of guys that want to be involved with us again. And of course, we've got great memories from the teams. And going back to the '80s, I mean, one of the things that I've loved is getting to know the Bob Horners and. Rico Cardis and Dale Murphys and and Glenn Hubbard's you know Glenn's just recently retired and now very involved with what we're doing and and Bruce Benedict's that to me those are the guys that I grew up with like you grew up with my teammates you know in the 90s I grew up with the guys in the 80s so for me getting to know them um, it's, it's been a lot of fun so all this stuff kind of works together and if you've been in Atlanta long enough then you know you you have good memories of 95 and 93 and 91 and mm-hmm. and all those things so I just think it's uh, it's we are very blessed to be able to get to talk about it on you know a podcast and then here have our great listeners to to appreciate it too and give their feedback so it's a lot of fun we really are and gosh I mean Fred McGriff deserved to be in the Hall of Fame a, a decade ago but it'd be hard to script it any better at least for us and celebrating that game and that team and that week and those memories then the same week of that day fred goes into the hall of fame and and then he talked about it in his speech which was which was so cool and by the way i don't know if you got a chance to see his whole speech yet but i have not he did say uh it was great because he mentioned of course he talked about the 95 team and how that was the greatest team team accomplishment of his career he did say though that he thought that 1993 braves team was the best team he was ever I'm, I'm in agreement, and I've probably said that more than once on this on this podcast. And he's going to be here next week, yeah. so we'll get to honor him and and uh, cheer him on as he's here for his bobblehead night. And we'll drive around; he'll drive around, and and everybody will get to see him. So it'll be good to good to see uh, Fred. That's going to be great. I think we've got one more guy from those '90s that start, at least started with those '90s Braves teams. That's going to be in Cooperstown. I think Andrew is next, and I I hope it'll it'll be sooner rather than later. Of course, we're retiring his number later this. That's right. Yeah, We're going to create some momentum, and that's what we need. Yep. Get those sports writers off their, off their notepads and that's get right. it done. Hey, he's he's gaining every year, so I think it's coming. Well, just to tie up the uh, the press box fire episode there again. Thank you to, to all of you for for listening and your kind words. Uh, we want to tell more stories like that. Uh, I I don't intend on it taking five years to tell the next one. We want to do multiple <laughs> again. This one I don't think sucked, so we can do more. Uh, so we're looking forward to it. And if you you know you see either Greg and I at the ballpark or out in the battery or you tweet hey, me or something, you know just what? let us know. We need to say thank you to Insung for that incredible cartoon. Oh my gosh. How, yeah. how creative was that? I'm so glad you brought that up. So Insung Kim, our genius and award-winning creative director here with the Braves, of course, he just does, he and his team, everything you see on this ballpark with this team... There's nothing really here that visually that they haven't touched or had a hand in. So they just do an amazing job with with everything, whether it's social graphics, it's the graphics you're seeing in the ballpark, it's a billboard you're seeing when you're driving on I-75. I mean, 
all of it. They do an amazing job. So Insung, I played him. Uh, he was the first person to hear any clips of the, the podcast last week. And it was only when uh, the final product, we were only, I was only maybe 15 minutes into the hour long episode of like, okay, this is pretty much how it's going to be. And I played him about four or five minutes of it, maybe, maybe a minute or two longer. And he was sitting in the chair you're sitting in and he closes his eyes and listens. Uh, and I've sat with him before where we were brainstorming or thinking about stuff. And that's how he processes it. Most of the time as he closes his eyes and listens <laughs> and tries to visualize what should accompany what he's listening to. So he didn't, I mean, he knew I'd been working on this project, but he heard just a few minutes of it once and he goes, we got to do like an animation or something for this South park. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we got to do something like, I was like, I, I was thinking it's going to be a lot of work. He's like, no, dude, we, we have to, this is great. So he put in a ton of hours on very short notice to put together mm. that great animation you saw of just clips of a few of the guys talking about their memories <laughs> of the fire. Uh, it, it was incredible. It's hilarious. I yeah. I hope, I hope some of the guys that are in it, uh, get to see it at some point. Glavin running out, is that and Lemmer and Lemmer and it got bigger and bigger, bigger. <laughs> <laughs> his face gets red. it's just so funny if you haven't seen it it's on all the brave social medias go check it out and it's on uh, on, on my personal ones as well at Ricky Mass so go check it out if you haven't seen it and, and kudos to Ensign for putting that together really great job so looking forward to telling more of those stories in the future it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, the 2023 Braves are talking about a great story. My goodness. I mean, we're the best team in baseball. You look at the record and buy a few games last I checked. And you know, we, we made a couple smaller trades, I would say, yesterday. Got a couple arms to help fortify the bullpen little bit so i think that kicked off one of my favorite times of the baseball calendar and the baseball year trade deadline season it's always fun when you're when you're going to be when you think you're going to be a buyer this team in particular is interesting to me this 2023 braves team because i feel like in the in this little run we're on right now right the five-year division run every year there's always been one clear cut like yeah they definitely like 2018 we needed a starting pitcher. Well, we needed a number of things, but starting pitching we really needed. Got Kevin Gosman. Needed some relief help there, too. Got uh, Brad Brock. I feel like I'm probably, no, I'm forgetting somebody. Forgive me. 2019, we needed bullpen help and badly. And so Alex went out and got uh, three arms, I guess it was, that year. So I feel like you go back and there's always like a clear cut knee. I don't know that it's quite as clear cut this time. So I look at this team and I don't know if there's like that one glaring need. I feel like every contending team every year always always could say the well they could use another arm in the bullpen. I feel like that's always the case. I think ours. I think if I don't know if that's it's. I feel like it's a little less glaring in the sense of AJ will be back soon. You know Dylan Lee's could be back soon. So you get some of these guys back. Then I don't think it's quite as I don't think it's quite as glaring as it has been in the past. Maybe, but if there is one area we're looking at. 
I, in my opinion, that's that's probably where we're looking, correct? Well, yeah, and I, I've never met a team that didn't say, I wish I had a better bullpen. I mean, it's just kind of – it's like the whipping boy of baseball. I mean, it's such a hard job, and, of course, I'm a little bit biased on that. But if you look, every year people are looking to fortify the bullpen. It's so much more important nowadays because these guys pitch five, four, and five innings a night. And it's impossible to keep your bullpen healthy and intact for a whole season or multiple seasons when you're leaning on them that much. It's just not that easy to do. It's very, very difficult. So um, I'm not surprised. Now, I think I think this what I'm very surprised about with this team is that we've had to weather some adversity very early on. So you think about Max going down, you think about Kyle going down, and you're piecing the starting in a rotation somewhat together because you didn't know Elder was going to do what he's doing, right? And um, and then you've been a, a rotation of young guys in there, four or five different guys who have no experience have come up and pitched in that you know five role. So um, so I think that is something is still TBD because you don't know what Max is going to do when he's going to come back because anytime you miss significant time during a season, it is extremely hard to find the groove and get into something that allows and propels you into the playoffs because you're going to need Max, right? Because, you know, it's just – just it's an unknown. Strider's never pitched a full year and gone in the playoffs and, and been successful. Elder certainly has not. Charlie is old, so you just don't know what you're going to get. He's been pretty consistent this year, which has been really good. And um, and then I, I think you just need Max to kind of be an anchor, so that would be huge, but you just don't know what you're going to get. I don't think you're going to go out and get a caliber of a starting pitcher like Max. So now you focus on the bullpen, which the bullpen has been ravished between how good Jesse was and then he gets hurt and like you said um, AJ goes down and Dylan Lee who was pitching well for us goes down and so there's been a lot more pressure on um, you know some of the guys that are pitching in roles like Colin that aren't necessarily that was the role they're supposed to be pitching in you weren't supposed to be leaning on them the way the way um, you had originally thought so it, it gets everybody out of order and it gets everybody having to do things they they shouldn't maybe shouldn't be doing so you got to get some of those pieces back but the the hard part is when you get them back after guys have been injured and I've been through this and I've seen teammates go through that it's just not easy just to say okay I'm back I'm ready and all of a sudden you pick up where you left off or you get back into a groove it's it's just not that easy because you're you're dealing with the remnants of an injury, and then you're in the heat of the, of battle because this is, you know, it is playoff baseball. When they come back, it's going to be the stretch, right? So um, the good thing is, hopefully, everybody gets back with two months to play, and they work out the kinks. And now, when it gets to the middle of September, it's like those middle months of the year are not there. You know, they've kind of worked through the issues. Um, but as good as, I mean, just let's just take Jesse, for example, as good as he was pitching, to think he's going to come back and all of a sudden pick up where he left off, that's, that's a tall task, you know, to, to expect. Baseball is a very, there's a very thin line. It doesn't take much. It, it, it may be an all-star break. It may be an injury. It may be, um, you know, weather, some rainouts that can, can shift momentum, change momentum. 
And um, that's what I've been so uh, excited about with this team is that they have weathered those storms and still continue to be the best team in baseball in, in spite of what's happened to their roster. It's not like we've just dominated with the guys who we, we left camp with. Now the starting lineup, pretty much. but And even then we've had a few little injuries, but nothing major. But really with the, when you think about the, the – uh, the starting staff and the bullpen that's where we've made it work and if we get any help down the stretch i think it's going to be it's going to be an exciting postseason it's going to be really exciting and you know i used to years ago i remember before i started working here and i was a fan like when it became trade deadline season and you know braves were contending i was on mlb trade rumors i was all over the internet every day i was looking at like possible names i was looking at every team going okay like these guys are sellers what would be somebody they would have that we could be interested in i used to do that i don't anymore because i've just learned don't even try to predict what Alex is going and his team are going to do. Yeah, somebody called me yesterday like, hey, I, I read on the internets that uh, yeah. that Otani's getting shipped off to Atlanta. And I go, well, first of all, if you read it on the internets, um, <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. It was funny. <laughs> Some of my alumni, they called me. I got a text last night from a good friend of mine who said, is it true the Braves are getting Otani? I was like, not to my knowledge. Uh, yeah. And then I saw it. It was on my some Facebook. ESPN genii. It was, uh, yeah, it was some some fake news on the on on the old Facebook and whatnot. So so but I will say this, there is trying to predict what Alex will do. Now, look, we can sit here and say we think he will try to add more to the bullpen. You know, if maybe if there's the right position player or bat, whatever. Uh, it's hard for me to see. As much as it'd be nice to have a starting pitcher, another starting pitcher, it's hard for me to see that one. Well, I definitely don't see a bat. I I don't, personally. I don't either, but... It's like you've had too many bats. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think well. about it. You've been struggling to try to find these guys at bats, you know, between Darno and Murphy and Rosario and Azuna. I mean, that, that's, that's been snits. That's gone overlooked a little bit. It's been pretty magical what he's been oh, able yeah. to do to keep these guys in a rhythm when it's not that easy. Fortunately, we've got some you know pretty, pretty good veterans, but I, I, th- I think Alex has got to focus his sole attention on. But there again, would you have predicted back when we – when we had such a bad first half there in 21 that we would trade for those guys and they would turn it around. If anything, you would think that a year like this where you know you've got almost all the pieces you need, but you could sprinkle in some things that would really help, you would think, oh, Alex, will, he'll, he'll, he'll nail it this year. But it's I don't know which is harder if you since you're a great team and you're looking for pieces everybody knows it or if you're a bad team and you're looking for pieces which one's easier for it'd be curious to know Alex which one's easier and he's gonna say well they're both difficult yeah. they just you know they, they each have their own challenges but I would think that if you're already the best team in baseball everybody you talk to is gonna say listen. Yeah, this guy could make the World Series. You know, you've got every, you got plenty, you got a plethora of talent. We're going to take a little bit more than what we need. I, I don't know. It's just my gut. Uh, you're probably right. You're probably right. I mean, no, I wouldn't have to to your your question about 21. No, I, there's no way I could have predicted that. When I look back on that time, I remember the day because Jock was the first move. That was a few days, maybe a, maybe even a week or two before the trade deadline. After sometime between Ronald's ACL injury and trade deadline at the end of that month. That was the first move, was the Jock Peterson move. And I remember getting that text that, hey, prep for 
you know, prep for, for the Jock Peterson. We're getting Jock Peterson, yada, yada, yada. So for the social media side, we start doing our thing, getting the wheel, ro the ball rolling, getting graphics, all that kind of stuff. But I remember feeling excited with that one in the sense that, oh, we're not giving up. Yeah, that's that true. Was, that made, and I'm just the, the Twitter guy, right? At that time, like, well, and still am kind of, but although Becca Fallon and Victoria Rossman for my team, they do a much better job with that now than it's I ever did. It's the X so. now, isn't it? It's, I, I think so. Yeah, I think that's what the kids are calling it. I think that's what Elon's calling it. X. This is his new logo. Yeah, I, I got to figure out how to say. I saw one thing that said "exit," like instead of a tweet, you're sending that. Like, <laughs> I need to hear him pronounce that so I can never say because I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> it must be nice to have so much money. Really, you don't really care what you do. You just make up stuff. <laughs> I think I would love to give it a shot and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, just buy something and let's just, just try some let's just try crazy it. logo uh, and it see. Work yeah. great if it doesn't. Eh, who cares? <laughs> but I remember. I remember feeling when we got that jock move i remember feeling excited because we're not we're not giving up yes our best player is went down for the year injury we've been literally right at 500 or can't get above it for months it's been like groundhog day for three months straight where we lose a game win a game lose a game win a game but getting that was like a little bolt like just a little jolt of energy like all right alex we're not giving up yet and then it was exciting. I remember the trade deadline was exciting because we're starting to play. Jock gave us a little bit of energy, much needed shot of energy, starting to play a little bit better. And I remember the trade deadline that day. It was, it was fun. And I look, we all know you get all you need. Is, look, get into the postseason. Just get in there, and you got a shot at it. Sure. I don't care what kind of year you had. If you make the postseason, you got a shot at it. Now, if you're if somebody's giving you truth, if somebody was giving me truth serum at the trade deadline in 2021, I'd be going, okay, like I think we can this division, like I, we can win this division again. Past that, I don't know. You know, even as well as we played down the stretch, going into the postseason, I'm just like, oh boy, this is this is gonna be tough. Milwaukee, I was I was like, oh, Milwaukee's yeah. gonna be tough. And then God, if we even get past Milwaukee, I mean, yeah, we're gonna play the, the friggin' Dodgers mm -hmm. again, and the Dodgers are still the Dodgers. Well, so, and they're not going away. It's gonna be the same thing this year. Uh, right? I hope so. They're gonna be gunning for us. Uh, yeah, and they should be. That's it's. Listen, I'm I'm hoping for another. This is why we're in this. You want the, you want to go up against the best. I love history of the game. Yeah, I love rivalries. We're talking about history that's right braves dodgers since 2018 has been awesome really you could take it back to if you want to include 2013 postseason in that you could you but can take it back to when i played we hated I, the dodgers they, i mean they were a big yeah. rival yeah because we were in the same division right yeah the NL west exactly so it's good it's it's great that it's kind of been been rekindled it, it's awesome and then oh my gosh can you imagine this year just the theater alone of Freddie Freeman on the Dodgers against the Atlanta Braves. I mean, oh my gosh. And that's like, I mean, what more, like those are some high stakes there. That's what you want. You want to be in there. And if you lose, you lose, but that's what you want. You want a chance at those kind of things. So all that to say the last chance for your team or in our case, Alex and his, his crew upstairs, there's things you can do after the trade deadline or whatever to adjust your roster or this and that. But this is the last real chance at like, okay, if we, if we got to go outside of the organization and get somebody, this is, you got to do it now. Obviously, I know I'm being captain obvious here, but it's why it's so important. And this is especially with a team like this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to answer your other question. Here's my guess. I bet it's harder when you're the big dog and you're the best record in baseball. And because they're going to all going to, everybody else, everybody else that picks up the phone, they're going to, their line of thinking would be what you just said a few minutes ago. I bet that's, I bet that's the tougher spot. I don't know. Could be. We'll Could have to be. ask I've him never sometime. been in it, so I don't know. But. Yeah, me either. Thank goodness. Good thing is Alex, a lot of times he'll tell you. No, that's true. 
That's true. Well, listen, it's going to be fun to watch, see what happens. Who knows? You know, there might not be what the, the deals we've seen so far could be it for all we know. You just don't know. And it'll probably, I feel like this one, because there's so many teams that are still mathematically in play, you know, all the, we joke about Otani, it's, it's hard for me to see them moving him as long as they've got a realistic shot at making the postseason for what we just talked about. If they got a shot at getting in the postseason, you well, gotta, you got to go for yeah, it. Yeah, I think the only Especially reason why they would – I don't think they would move him. Um, I don't think they would not move him because of the postseason. I think they would not – they would move him because they know they can't sign him. And, you know, there are rumors they've been trying to sell the team and they've got a new general manager. And if you sign that guy, you've handcuffed your – you know, of course, you know, we, we know the general manager. We like him a lot, Perry. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're handcuffing him if you sign him. And you have no shot of being a contending team going in the future because you've got one, just like they were when they signed Trout, right? Now they're going to sign Otani, and it's going to be the same thing for the next 10 years, yeah. right? So um, if I'm the general manager, I'm I'm going to that owner every day and say, please, let's just, let's just move him. We'll get some prospects for him. Somebody can use him like the Braves or whoever for two months, and they'll give us something good because they know they got a chance to win the World Series with him or the Dodgers. But we don't have to sign him. We get some value out of him, and then we can spread that $200 million or more or $400 million or whatever he's going to get. We can spread that among the whole team, and we could be one of the best teams in baseball. That's what I would be saying. Yeah. I would not want to be signed that guy. Let the Yankees deal with it. Let you know the Dodgers deal with it, but not not us. Well, I think that's such a unique situation because I logically I think that's what they should do too. I think the outside pressure and who knows what kind of pressure the ownership and everything there is under because if you make that move, especially if you're if you're still in a if you're within a few games of a wild card spot like you yeah everybody's it's like the NBA. everybody's it, in the wild card tough. spot so but you i'm just what? thinking yeah. if i'm the general manager i'm thinking about my team and my organization sure. for the next 10 years and and it just doesn't exist with otani and i mean because i don't think they're just going to be deep pockets like the dodgers because they've been trying to sell the team yeah so i i just unless the new ownerships uh, but i think it's just too complicated but you know of course i'm not an owner so i don't know but yeah. i think think that that I would be scared to death if I was a general manager. <laughs> I'd be saying, hey, I think we can get some pretty good guys for the, for him. Yeah, I He sells tickets, but he didn't sell that many tickets. Right. I, I think a winning team would sell more tickets than just one guy. Well, uh, we've seen that here this year. That's mm-hmm. for sure. That's for sure. Well, it's going to be fun to watch and see what happens over the next week or so and to watch Alex and his crew work their magic like they always do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we've said it before. I'll say it again. Whatever they do, I, I they, they certainly have my full 100% trust. They've earned every bit of it. Yeah. We, there's no reason to doubt those guys, and so, they wouldn't be putting it on the internets. No, 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 no. Steph, if you saw it on the internets, it's probably <laughs> not true. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, let's talk a little bit about before we sign off. We got a number of things we mentioned earlier. You've got a lot going on. So 
I know fantasy camp is always, I was just talking to uh, Kevin McAlpin the other day in the press box and he was already getting fired up. Like, like he's excited to go back to fantasy camp. I remember telling him last year leading up to it when, once you invite him to come down and, and participate and also kind of, you know, MC for for his week that he was there. Cause you do two weeks now. I kept telling him, I'm like, Kev, this is, I, I couldn't pick anything that's more in your wheelhouse than this. <laughs> like you are going to absolutely love this. So, and I try not to build up people's expectations for things too much. If anything, I probably go the opposite direction with it. This was the one where I was pretty confident. I was gassing him up pretty good. Mm-hmm. And even still, I think it exceeded his expectations because he just loved it so much. So he's it's it's July 25th as we're taping this, and he's already looking forward to January and good, heading back down to Northport. So how's how's fantasy camp planning going? Yeah, it's doing it's going really well. We have a uniform deadline um, today, so I'm trying to get all the new campers get their uniforms in uh we do have some remaining spots we'll probably go ahead and order some uh uniforms just to have on hand in case i can we can sign a few people before the end of the year but we do have some spots love for you guys to be a part of it if you've never been to fantasy camp um you've heard us talk about it but it is flat out the number one thing that i get a chance to to be a part of and it is a lot of fun just call kevin ask kevin <laughs> call in his radio show <laughs> yeah he's on hey he's on Braves radio network pre and post game every single day he takes calls, talk about it takes calls every night and believe me if you call up and ask him about fantasy camp he'll be happy to oh, tell yeah. you about it oh yeah so we've got a few spots there you can go to fantasy camp or braves.com slash fantasy camp and and uh, uh let us know if you have any any questions about that love to talk to you about it but yeah so fantasy camps ended up we're getting ready to have hank aaron invitational this weekend we have the top 44 african American players from around the country that are coming to play in a showcase game that will be on MLB TV uh, Sunday night and super excited for them. They're all down in Vero right now working out, figuring out who who the top 44 players are going to be. We're going to be hosting them for a game after our major league game. After we end up um, you know, t- putting it to the, the Brewers, we're going to take a little break and then we're going to start at 8 o'clock. You can go to braves.com slash growing the game and and look at our showcases there, the Hank Aaron Invitational. You do need a ticket. It's it's free, but you do need to go ahead and um, and get a ticket. We'll send that to you, and you can find that link on the website. But uh, should be a great time. And and then, uh, but man, we're finishing up camps. We got one more week of camps uh, that we've been all around Atlanta this summer doing baseball and softball clinics and. We've had a great response. We've been in a bunch of communities, and uh, that's been really well. And then, you know, we've got some cool things scheduled for the fall. But for right now, we're we're looking forward to the Hank Aaron Invitational, and and um, and that should be a great time with these kids coming into town on Friday. Here's how I know you're as busy as I've ever seen you. You told me the other day you haven't played golf since when last <laughs> November. Yeah, and. And so that to me is like, oh man! I went from every week to Greg is like working, uh, working <laughs> all day every day, you know. So, uh, so yeah, I know you're working hard, but it's the the results are showing. It was just all these different, all these great things you've got going on. So it's been a lot of fun. It's really exciting, just really exciting time all around Brace Country on the field in our office. Everything we got going on, the battery is just rocking and rolling every freaking Killing day, it. man. It's it's awesome to see. So, just really exciting time. So yeah, definitely. Hop on the website, check out, you know, Hank Aaron, as, as Greg mentioned, Fantasy Camp, uh, Hank Aaron Week. We got 
a whole lot of stuff going on this week with Hank Aaron Week, culminating with the Hank Aaron Invitational, which is obviously a huge event for us. Um, and I mean, you might see the future Michael Harris there. That's right. I mean, literally, you know, Mike Mike came through those programs, played in these showcase events, and now we're a few years later, and here he is, a starting center fielder for the Atlanta Braves. So. These kids are no joke, man. Come out and watch them now while you can and do it in the big league ballpark. It's just really cool. Once a year opportunity for all all of us involved, both participants and spectators. So yeah, and I almost forgot about Alumni Sunday this weekend. Oh, we yeah. got we yeah. got uh, two new guys, JD Drew and Tim Drew. Oh, the um, Drew brothers. Yeah, they're oh, going to be coming. I, I Actually, forgot. Steven's coming too, but he's not a former alumni. But oh, he's going to be here hanging out. Was, with them. Oh my gosh, I compl- I remember JD. He was here had that huge year for us mm-hmm. in 04. I'd forgotten about his brother. Was his brother a pitcher? Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're having them out for the first time. Super excited about that, and uh, they'll be hanging out with us on Sunday, and uh, be good to see them. Very cool. Well, that's that's neat. That's another thing I love that you're you're bringing in new guys all the time. You've got guys that we love to see that come back a lot, and then you're always working on getting new guys to, to come in, and I think you've done a great job of that this year in particular. Well, thank you. So, uh, Doug LaCitra, who works for me, um, I put him in charge of Alumni Sunday this year. He wanted to do it, and um, was eager to get some some new guys, and so he started calling some of the alumni, and that's uh, that's his handiwork. So we're uh, we've been missing him. He's out on paternity leave until yeah. August third. They had a little little baby, uh, Cody. So nice. uh, I've, well, I followed Doug on Instagram, so I've been seeing all of his posts, and he is definitely proud papa. So congrats right. to Doug. That's great. So anyway, alumni Sunday, kudos to him, and he's done a lot of work and a lot of good work this year. Get that? We're just we're just. Uh, handling it for him while he's gone i know he'll want to pick back up and finish out the year so anyway he he got the drew brothers here nice well good job doug (laughs) we appreciate that that's awesome looking forward to that well i guess uh, bubba and harry have rambled on long enough we'll let you uh, get back to your day and anxiously await our return next week on behind the braves Uh, for greg mcmichael i'm ricky mast we'll see you next week